0: Welcome to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. This week we're airing a message on the subject of discouragement. One of the devil's most effective tools in hindering the work of God is to discourage his people. Today's message examines the causes and cures for discouragement in our lives. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. If you would like to order today's message, stay tuned until the end of today's program for a phone number and address where you can order a copy on CD. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael.
1: We're going to take our Bibles and go to the book of Haggai in the Old Testament. Third from the last book of the Old Testament. I figure I'll have to get at least a couple clues. Third from the last book, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. All right, the book of Haggai, I trust you're there. If you're not, just whatever page you're on, look very intelligently on that page, and and the rest of us won't even know. The book of Haggai, chapter 2. The book of Haggai, chapter 2. Let me give you a little little bit of background here before we look at the actual text. When you consider the captivity of Israel, in 606 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar began to siege Jerusalem. And it took almost 20 years before the city fell, because it was in 587 that Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. And that's much of what the book of Jeremiah is about. Jeremiah prophesies during that time. And then they're in captivity... And they're brought out of Jerusalem, they're brought out of Israel, and they're in what's called commonly, and you've heard the phrase, the Babylonian captivity. In 539 B.C., almost 50 years later, uh, Babylon falls to the Media Persia Empire, and Cyrus is the king. Now, the Jews are still in captivity. But in 538 BC, one year later, Cyrus gives an edict permitting the Jews to return to Jerusalem. And with that, by two years later, in 536 BC, 50,000 Jews have returned, and the altar is rebuilt. The altar alone, and sacrifices are being offered once again. There's no temple, there's an altar, there's no walls to the city. They're still unprotected and vulnerable to their enemies, uh, but they do have a foothold. Now, what happens is in 535, a year later, they begin to rebuild the temple. And if we were to take the time and go to Ezra chapters 3 and 4, we would notice in chapter 4 that the work stopped. And there were some reasons for that they had some opposition, they had some persecution. And then when that all cleared out, the people got discouraged, the people got distracted. And uh, frankly, uh, in the book of Haggai, if we were to read both chapters, we'd realize uh, they got preoccupied. And this is nothing new, but they got working on their own houses. And so the temple got left off. And this remained for 15 years. But in 520 B.C., the work begins again. And this is exactly where we're at in the book of Haggai. Haggai prophesies, admonishes, and encourages them to get back to the work and finish the temple. Now, I wanna pick up the narrative in chapter two. We start in verse one, the Bible says, in the seventh month, in the one and 20th day of the month came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai saying, speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? Now, what's he talking about here? He's talking about the first temple under Solomon, the first permanent temple under Solomon. He says, and how do ye see it now? Now, if we were to go to If we were to go to Ezra chapter 3 and look at the response of the people when the foundation of this second temple is laid, we'd already have the answer to the question. Uh, There were those that were excited about what was going on, but some of the ancients who had seen Solomon's temple, men men and women that were up there in years by now, uh, their reaction wasn't the same. In fact, it was very mixed. Some people were excited because the foundation was being laid and they anticipated getting their temple, but the ancients, look what he says here, is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? He says in verse 4, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land. What the Lord is giving them through Haggai the prophet is encouragement. And he's giving them encouragement for a number of reasons. First of all, they're up against a very tall task. But not only that, he realizes, and, and of course, God is God. He knows what's going to happen before it happens, but He's watching the reaction of the people, and it's very mixed, because this temple isn't going to be nearly as, as, as glorious in the eyes of the people as the original one was. Keep in mind the circumstances and the conditions under which Solomon's temple was built. Uh, nothing short of almost perfect. The circumstances here are far different. And so what happens is God sends the prophet Haggai to prophesy to encourage them because he, he knows what the reaction is going to be. And so he tells them to be strong in verse 4, it saith the Lord, and work. Now, now, now here's the key. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Folks, memory can serve us well, but memory can often be very faulty. And memory can be something we trip over. You ever hear somebody talk about the good old days? Okay. Uh, Why do you think they have those infomercials with with the, the, the songs from the oldies? Okay. What really bothers me is all of that stuff is stuff I remember when I was growing up. It's the oldies. What really bothers me is when they start talking about the 80s. <laughs> wasn't the 80s just a few weeks ago? <laughs> There's a certain rosy glow over the past. And it's not all bad, but but a lot of nostalgia is bittersweet and a lot of nostalgia is inaccurate. And And what's going on here is many of them are discouraged and he tells them the essential thing here in verse 4 is that I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. He says, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations and the desire of nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory. Incidentally, verse 7 is where um, Bach got his inspiration for that the joy and the desire of nations that he wrote. He said, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Notice he says, I will fill this house with glory. Folks, in the end, isn't that what counts? I'm getting way ahead of myself. But, you know, things are never the way they were. When people go, oh, things just aren't the same. Duh. Don't we get hooked on a memory? Hey, and incidentally, the good old days, well, they were old. But really, were they as good as we remember them now? He says here in verse 6, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land, and I will shake... All nations and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. It is said that the walls alone inside of Solomon's temple, just the walls, the outer walls, we're not talking about anything associated with, with the, the holy place or the altar the walls themselves like we would see walls we we see we see drywall we see texturing we see paint the walls in Solomon's temple were lined with sheets of beaten gold worth in today's dollars over over 200 million dollars one-fifth of a billion so the Lord says hey you know what? The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay, it's not here in the building, but it's still mine. Then he says in verse 9, "The glory of this latter house." Now again, this is all about faith, folks. "The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former." What? You got the ancients, they're weeping. This thing looks so pathetic as they lay the foundation, as they realize the scope and the comparison. And God says in verse 9, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, saith the Lord of hosts.
0: We want to thank you for being with us today. It is our hope and prayer that today's program was truly a blessing to you. You've been listening to a message on the subject of discouragement. One of the hardest things about discouragement is that we tend to accept discouraging thoughts as true, when in fact God has better days planned ahead for our future. Today we're reminded that God is in control, and for the Christian, our best days are assuredly ahead of us. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, if you would like to order a copy of today's message, CDs are available for a suggested contribution of $5 each. Our address is Treasures of Truth, Care of Treasure Valley Baptist Church, 1300 South Terry Avenue, Meridian, Idaho 83642. Our phone number is area code 208-888-4545. Our webpage address is www.tvbc.org. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church. We welcome you to our services on Sunday at 9.15 a.m. for Sunday School, at 10.30 a.m. for morning worship and preaching, at 5.45 p.m. for Bible preaching and teaching, and also on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for more Bible preaching and teaching.